The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Wow. What up? Buffalo Fanatics. Seabot here with you for a much needed therapy session on a Monday night coming off of uh, coming off of something. Uh coming off a 29 to 25 loss to the New England Patriots. <laughs> wow. Man, oh man, strap in, folks. It's going to be one of those. You love these, don't you? Well, here we go. Therapy session. Close the door, lock it behind you. It is time for that, I guess. Although I don't charge you. Maybe I should. I need to find out who, uh, what insurance provider wants to put up. I don't know. Whatever. Put up with it. Accept uh, new customers, patients, whatever. I don't even know where to begin tonight. We'll find our way there at some point. Uh, Bills lose. To the New England Patriots, you could argue going into this game, maybe the, the New England Patriots were the worst team in, in the NFL, not named the Carolina Panthers. Almost unarguably the worst offense in the NFL. They score just sub, uh, just south of 30 points, move up and down the field the entire night, frankly outplay the entire Bills defensive unit throughout the whole duration of the football game. The New England Patriots were the better team on the football field yesterday from the first snap to the last and uh, coming from a perspective of somebody who watched this in the stadium surrounded by New England Patriots fans who could not believe what they were seeing, I'm starting to understand, uh, or I'm starting to uh, understand what I'm seeing more and more as the weeks go on, which is sickening. I should not be able to comprehend watching a game like what I saw yesterday, but it's becoming more and more routine and it's not shocking me at all. This is becoming a trend. This is becoming a theme. And unfortunately, I think this is becoming indicative of what these Buffalo Bills are in, in 2023. And to think that we are not even a month removed from me saying on here that I had never been more confident in my life in this team's ability to go the distance. I don't know if I've ever been less confident in this team's ability uh, to go the distance outside of, of course, the years where the distance wasn't even a remote possibility. Um, good to have you in tonight here on the smoke break, a Monday night where this session is going to be much needed, as I mentioned, just as much for me uh, as maybe it is for you. I haven't spoken about this game much at all. I have listened to some stuff from other people just because I'm interested to see what the overall sentiment is surrounding the Bills. And I think there's a collective sentiment, and it is that this team is just not very good right now. Um, and I don't know how you could argue against it. I don't know it. Uh, I really don't know what you would have in in your arsenal today outside of saying they beat the Miami Dolphins 48-20, to 20, but a Miami Dolphins team who you saw once again last night cannot function against a team that is considered to be one of the best in the league. The Miami Dolphins offense scored 10 total points against the Philadelphia Eagles last night. They lost 31-17. to 17. That Miami Dolphins team, if you notice, when they do play good opponents, they kind of show their true colors. However, when they do play the 
weaker opponents in the league to their credit. Cause I can't give the bills this credit today uh, to their credit. They beat up on every single one of them. They, they don't falter. The bills will beat up on you, but then all of a sudden they'll, they'll find a way to lose a couple of them. Um, but the Miami dolphins today aren't as good as we thought they were in that game. Uh, not taking away a 28 point drubbing. You take that against anybody, especially a team that had just come off of a 70 point vic- uh, um you know, performance on offense, a margin of victory of 50 points, not taking anything away there. But what I'm saying is you sit here today, put it all into perspective. And I think any level-headed person would understand that that team, the Miami Dolphins, were not nearly as good as we thought they were in week four. So that victory in essence wasn't against as good of a team as we thought. The Bills today have four victories against three pretty average to bad football teams. And one team that I think right now, when we're talking about playoff caliber teams is uh, above average, slightly above average. I, I give them the slight above average uh, denomination, uh, the, the Miami dolphins, because I mean, you know, they, they do have exceptional talent. I just have yet to see it put to use in a fashion that winds up getting uh, a, a sizable victory for that football team. Um, but the other three victories, you have a victory over the New York Giants that should have been a loss. And it was a victory against the team who going into that game had one win on the year. They had they had held a lead for less than 20 seconds the entire season. And it took the Bills uh, more than 60 minutes to win that game and untimed down with no flag on the field for the Bills to get out of there alive. And then, yeah, you did beat up on the commanders who just lost to those said Giants yesterday. You beat up on the Raiders who have been uh, abysmal. So I have a seven game sample size today and the bills have played horrifically in four of these seven games in the other three games, they played very well. But when I look at the caliber of opponent, uh, you know, how great was it? It was great. Don't get me wrong, but what, what was it enough to make me think what I was thinking a few weeks ago in hindsight, I guess it wasn't. But what I'm getting at is right now we have more of a sample size to allow us to believe that this team is uh, is not representative of weeks two through uh, four. If anything, what we saw in week one has come back and it's come back uh, in 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 sizable fashion. Uh, you know, to get it out of the way tonight, I like to do this. If you're looking for a, a handheld hold tonight, if you're looking for me to sit down here and crunch the numbers on our path to the AFC East championship, if you're looking to dive deep tonight as to how the Bills can still secure the one seed, I hate to say it, but this is just not for you. It is not for you tonight. I am so sick and tired uh, of the little things being told to me for a football team that is well, or at least we thought well beyond the days of uh, hey, it's just one game or, hey, it's only week eight. You know, I, I am just so sick and tired of it. I got people in my comments. Holy shit, dude. It's just a game. Relax. That's fine for you. Keep that to yourself. I'm not here telling you how to be. I'm giving I'm giving you the intro here and in, in, in allowing you the ability to know what this is going to be. And if that's not for you, then you don't have to be a part of it. But I'm so sick and tired of finding an excuse or a way a way around uh, accepting uh, what we are seeing in front of us currently. How can I sit here today, honestly, and try to give you a, a adequate answer as to what we saw yesterday and how that was somehow okay? How am I supposed to sit here tonight and find a way to make you feel better about what we saw 
yesterday, what we saw last week, what we saw in London, what we saw week one, I, I don't have, I don't have it in me. You know, maybe if this was 10, 12 years ago, we could do that. We could find the little things and say, hey, they're getting there. You know, they're on the right track. I, I, I've said this countless times. What do you want this team to be? Do you want this team to be the fringe playoff team or the wild card team that goes in and maybe wins a wild card game and gets bounced or just gets bounced in the wild card or, or the way that things are looking right now, maybe not make the playoffs because if the season ended today, that's right where they're at. And if you think the schedules thus far was, was tough, and I frankly don't think it was, wait till you see what's in front of these boys coming on up over the next couple of months. Because what we've seen over the last month and a half is going to look like a fun run compared to what we got coming up in front of us. So what do you want it to be? Because if you want it to just be, uh, you know, tiddlywinks and, and enjoying a, a drubbing against the commanders and, and, and losing to the one in five Patriots who you allow to summon uh, vintage Tom Brady and Mac Jones yesterday, a vintage Super Bowl era uh, Patriots defense. If, if that's what you are, are, are you know, ex- of accepting, right, if that's what you're willing to accept, these bills allowing some of the worst teams in the league to have their best outing against them then I, I got nothing for you. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know. I, God bless you. Once again, I say it all the time. It, better, you know, you're more level-headed than I. And, I, and I, I guess I'm a little bit jealous of it, maybe. The ability to, to have that mindset, to be able to look at yesterday and just say, meh, and, and move on, you know. But once again, you know, here I go. I did it week one. I do it yesterday. I drive all the way to Boston, go to that game. Every single Patriots fan that you came across didn't think the Patriots had a prayer. You know, the, the, the tailgate was dead silent. There was zero weight to get inside of the stadium. Now, I mean, to their credit, it did fill in. And I have to say, I have, I have to give flowers. The, the, the stadium is incredible. I've only been to Patriot Place. I've never been inside for a game. This is my first time seeing a game inside of Gillette. It was phenomenal. That stadium is awesome. And, um, and, you know, you're, you're in that environment and you're expecting a bounce back. Let me paint a picture for you here. The Bills last week were 16-point favorites. That's the widest margin any team has been favored by this entire season. As I mentioned, as you well know by now, they barely won that game by the skin's skin of their teeth uh, on an untimed down, right? In this game... Throughout the week, I think it finished at seven and a half or so, but throughout the week, the Patriots were primarily a nine-point underdog. And according to Action Network, that is the largest underdog the New England Patriots had been at home in 22 years. The game, Tom Brady's first ever career start with the New England Patriots. It had been over two decades since the Patriots had played a home game where they were uh, determined by Vegas to lose by that amount of points. And they win. And not only do they win, but that score is not indicative of what that game was yesterday. They should have won by more. They outplayed the Bills from beginning to end. It wasn't a fluke victory. The Bills didn't hand it to them. The refs didn't hand it to them. They won that game outright. You know, you can sit here and say, ah, the Bills shooting themselves in the foot, this and that. How many times do you got to shoot yourself in the foot until you just realize maybe they're just not good? Because the Bills don't have a a foot left. Both feet are gone. You can only shoot yourself so many times before you bleed out. And when you do shoot yourself in the foot, so to speak, by spotting them 10 points to kick the game immediately off, you deserve to lose. 
You let the worst offense in the NFL walk down the field, get a field goal in the first play of your game of the game for your offense is an interception. And it's not even like it was a batted ball, you know, or a great play. It was he, Josh Allen. He might as well have just walked up and handed it to one of the Pats players. That's what the type of interception it was. And you blink and it's 10, nothing. And it, you've all seen this movie before. I sure have. You know, right there, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to blink and it's it's halftime and the Bills are up 21 to 10 and they figured it out. You know, the second you see that, this game's going to come down to the wire and there's a very, very, very good chance the Bills lose this game. And of course, that is exactly what happened. I, 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 I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I am shocked, if I'm not shocked. I, frankly, I'm just numb. I'm, I'm numb. I'm numb. I got nothing. And and it's just, it's, it's depressing as hell. It is sad. I'm not even excited for Thursday. I mean, typically you get so stoked for these, these primetime um, standalone games Thursday night, right around the corner, get stoked up for, I mean, how excited are you today? Are you pumped to watch the bills again come Thursday? Cause I'm, I'm coming off of three straight weeks of watching. I, I can't, I don't even recognize the team. I don't recognize the team. I don't recognize Josh Allen. I don't know. And, and, and things just don't feel right. Josh Allen, who has been uh, about as, as good of a guy at the podium as you could possibly want for a quarterback. Now, all of a sudden is kind of throwing shots at the fan base, right? Saying, oh, there's a lot of all pro offensive coordinators on their couch. That's fine. Whatever you got to do to fuel yourself up, that's fine. To follow up that, right? To follow up that, which you haven't done your whole career. You've never even given a slight shot. And you got to remember too, as a quarterback, it doesn't matter whether you're absolutely calling somebody out directly or if you're being subtle about it. As the quarterback, that is something, right? That's something. And, you know, you, you, you essentially say, you know, calling the fan base out in the first play of the game, you throw a pick. I, 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 I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I, I haven't been this dumbfounded in a long time. How? I can't understand how you could possibly put together the three games that you do in weeks two, three, and four and play this bad this consecutively. How is it even possible? I don't, do you understand how bad that New England Patriots offense was going into that game? We're not talking about even a Patriots team who, mind you, the last couple of years, the Bills have destroyed. All of those Patriots teams were better. This is a Patriots team that lost 34 nothing to the New Orleans Saints, right? 34 nothing, 38 to 3 to the Cowboys. This is a Patriots team that could not crack 20 points this entire season. The most they scored this whole season was 20 points in week one. Every other game, well, uh, well below 20. And then let's see, one, two, three of their six games going into that, they had scored 10 points or less. They had 10 points in the first five minutes of the football game yesterday. How is it possible? All of a sudden, these horrendous teams are in a situation where it should be a get-right spot for the Bills. All of a sudden, these bad teams 
are having their get right spot against the Bills. Like I said, the Giants go into that game last week and they hadn't held the lead for more than 19 seconds the entire season. They held the lead against the Bills for three entire quarters. Now in this game, the Patriots haven't cracked 10 points in half their games, haven't cracked 20 once. They score almost 30. Mac Jones, you'd be lying to yourself if you, if you, if you put your eyes like this and squinted a little bit. Uh, it, it looked like Tom Brady all day long. Snap, throw, out of his hands, move the sticks, move the sticks, move the sticks, touchdown. The guy went 25 of 30. You can't be much more efficient than that. And he led the team down the field almost instantaneously when it mattered most. And who did that more than anybody? The Bills allowed potentially the worst quarterback in the whole league this season the ability to look like one of the best on display yesterday afternoon. You can't make it up. Mac Jones, he couldn't complete a ball uh, or he couldn't compete a, a, a meaningful football to save his life through the first month and a half here. Yesterday, he couldn't be stopped. And I get it. Everybody, you know, Milano, I understand it. And it's real. But I can understand if the Bills go out and lose to the Chiefs or the Bills go out and lose to wh- whoever, right? The, the Niners, you name it. And then you say, yeah, that's a different game if Milano's in there. That's a different game if Trey White's in there, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver. Folks, I get it, okay? You, you can miss me with those excuses against this offense. Ranked almost dead last in every major category. It doesn't matter who's out there. They're still getting paid. They're still NFL caliber football players who, let's face it, they've been injured since the Dolphins game. They played very well against the Giants, and they played well enough to win that football game against the Jaguars. They stood tall. They stood up and did what counted when it counted, and they just they didn't have enough in the tank on the final drive after the offense had done absolutely nothing. But in this game, not only did the defense just not show up, And unfortunately, the Bills are currently in a situation where if the defense doesn't show up, the game's over because the offense hasn't shown up since that that Dolphins game. They've been nowhere to be found. This is now three weeks in in a row where the Bills have scored seven points or less in the first half. And it's now two weeks in a row where you have either zero points, right, or three points. This this is unprecedented. How is it even possible with a quarterback like Josh Allen to not have more than three points in 30 minutes of football. I don't even know, like, if, 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 you, if these games didn't happen, right, say you just had somebody ask you that or say that. Like, what do you think the, the Vegas betting odds would be to, to place a bet on Josh Allen, a Josh Allen-led offense scoring three points or less in 30 minutes of football? I, I don't even, I can't even imagine what the odds would be. I can't even imagine. Um, yet that's exactly what's happened. And, and it, it seems as though every game the last three weeks have been the exact same game. Except the only difference in this one is the defense just never really showed up at all. Now, to their credit, they do force a play when it mattered most. But ultimately, you know what? The offense took advantage of that. And when it then mattered most again, they shit themselves. 
They make the, they make the play on the fumble, get the Bills the uh, the ball back, the Bills take the lead, but all they had to do from there is not let Mac. I mean, I can't even I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I have felt for the last 24 hours or so like I am in a different universe. It doesn't make any sense the things I'm saying. All they had to do was not allow a Mac Jones-led offense to go the length of the field and score a touchdown, and they did it with time to spare. With time to spare. And yeah, you know, you can go back to the illegal man downfield. Okay, you still had him at the 50. You still could have forced him into a field goal, took it to overtime. No, you let him walk all the way down and get right in the end zone. You can't make it up. You can't. You can't make it up. I understand the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but the bill, this Patriots team has played worse defenses, I would argue, than this banged up Bills defense and have still not been able to put together what they put out on display yesterday. You know, we saw what the Raiders defense was against the Bills and the Patriots, they couldn't score more than 17 in that one and they lost it, right? We, we, we saw what the Dolphins defense was against these Bills. Couldn't crack 17 and they lost it. I, there wasn't a scenario on earth I envisioned yesterday where the Bills lose this game. And that's, and that's with, that's with the Giants game in mind, the Jets game in mind, the Jaguars game in mind, all of that in, in, you know, taken into consideration. So it, it comes down to two things. Either I'm delusional or they're bad. Or a mix of both, I guess. Am I delusional for thinking that that couldn't possibly happen again? I guess I am. And is this team just not good? And I don't know today how I can sit here and say that they're good. I got one legitimately good argument, and it's the Dolphins game. And that's it. And, 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 and nobody cares about what you did three weeks ago. In this league, with the schedule that the Bills have especially, you have got to win the games that you're meant to win. And the Bills already have. I mean, I'm not going to count the Jaguars game as one of those games. The Jags are a good football team. And we've seen that on display now. And you could argue they're a top three uh, team in the AFC right now. I think it's almost unarguable at this point. So I'm not going to throw them into that into that realm. But... You had your should have won and didn't win game right out of the gate week one. You then do it again last week, and I still can't believe the Bills won that game against the Giants. They should have lost that game a million different ways. But, hey, they won it. The point still remains, that Giants team, who was a 16-point underdog, should have won that game, unquestionably. And then this game. The largest underdog the Patriots have been in 22 years, and they win outright, and it really was not indicative of the score. It was not that close. So what am I supposed to discern from that? Because be honest with yourself. If you take your Bills fandom aside and you were, you were talking about another team, you would not have anything positive to say about that football team. You wouldn't. And what's, what's even more concerning is that as the Bills continue to do this, you're watching other teams take form. You know, in the beginning of the year, we were trying to figure out who was what, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how things are, are going to, you know, form this playoff picture and 
how things are going to land. Earlier in the year, you know, you were looking at the the Ravens. You weren't sure, right? You were looking at the Chiefs, who I still don't think have played their best game, right? You know, you were looking at a team like the Steelers look terrible. The Jags started off super slow. I mean, right now you got the Bills, who were in week two and four, looking like the best team in the league. Now, all of a sudden, as we are about to hit the midway point of the year, I mean, guys, I know it's gone quick, but it's no longer like, hey, we're about to hit the midway point here. And the Ravens, all the way up, right? Trending up. The Chiefs, like I said, I don't think they played their best football game. They've lost one game, and it was by one point, and it was the first game of the year, and they didn't have Travis Kelsey, and they didn't have Chris Jones. So we can sit here and say Mahomes hasn't looked great, and the Chiefs haven't looked great, but guess what? They win the games that they should. It's one thing, right, to not play great and still win. That's a mark of a great team. And the Bills have had four of those games and have won one of them. And I'll say it again. You could argue a different, a trillion different ways the Bills should have lost that game. So they're one and three in those four games. The Chiefs are however many they've had that they've lost one of them. And the one that they lost, they were missing unarguably their two best players. So you're looking at it from our perspective, and that would be the equivalent of the Bills not having Stephon Diggs, and I don't even know. The, you think the offense is playing bad right now? I, I can't even imagine what that looks like. Uh, and then I guess the Matt Milano thing would, would be it would be a fair comparison as well. But they, you don't even want to begin to understand what this Bills offense would look like without Diggs. And that is the exact equivalent to what happened with the Chiefs there, and they lost by a point, and it came down to them having the ball on the final drive with a chance to win it. Um, so th- these Bills are trending in the complete opposite direction. Uh, and you look at the schedule coming up, and you got to remember what the Bills have done recently against these these weaker opponents. If these are resulting in losses, imagine what it's going to result in when they got to go up against the the meat and potatoes of this schedule, right? The Bengals, who, if they're hitting stride at the right time, does it even matter? I mean, that's the other thing, too. I can sit here and say, oh, the Bengals haven't been playing their best football or whatever. If you're going to lose outright to the New England Patriots and allow them damn near 30 points and get completely outplayed the entire game, let Mac Jones have a career day, then, then what does it matter if the Bengals are, down, are, are on the right trend or not? They're a significantly better football team than the Patriots, so what does it matter? Right? The Jets again. The Bills play like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me just summarize it as easy as I can. The Bills play like that yesterday. Who who is it that they do beat? Because it doesn't get worse than that yesterday. It doesn't get worse than that team that the Bills just got outclassed by for 60 full minutes. And you have to imagine as we sit here today that getting into the playoff, I mean, that's... That's the conversation we're having today. That's the conversation, right? A week away from November, and the conversation we are having today is, is, is here's what would have to happen for the Bills to get into the playoffs. And what would have to happen, I, I would very much imagine, would be at least 10 wins, meaning the Bills have to get six more wins. And... I'm looking at the, the remaining schedule here. 
And there aren't there aren't six teams here compared to what it was like the first seven weeks where you could sit and I I can't I can't even I can't even believe this. I just can't. I can't. I can't. And and the thing of it is, I I don't have a legitimate reason either. I I don't I don't know what's going on. It, and and that's the sad thing. How can you play three consecutive weeks of some of the the most consistently dominant complementary football I've ever seen? And now all of a sudden, not a single thing can go right. And and you this is this to me this is the perfect example to kind of culminate how bad everything has been recently. Tyler Bass has been one of the best kickers in the league since the Bills drafted him. And now all of a sudden, it, it, he, he, you can't rely on him for, for, for a field goal. He is one for four in his, in his last five kicks. So we're talking all the way down to the field goal unit. This team can't do anything. Defense is getting steamrolled by Mac Jones. Offense can't score a single point in the first half. They don't seem to even begin to put an effort towards putting a point on the board until around the fourth quarter. You can't kick a field goal. And I'm supposed to sit here and try to continue to, to prop this team up as one of the best teams in football because of a 28 point victory over the, over the, the dolphins. I mean, to me, that's the be- the best representation of how bad things have been going. The last person I expected to just fall off a cliff was Tyler Bass. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, he missed another one. He missed another one. And he hadn't been missing a damn thing. And here's the, and here's the real depressing fact of the matter, right? You know, Poyer, right? Poyer, Hyde, Von Miller. Not going to, like, not sticking around. Gabe Davis, are you going to give him a second contract? You already got injuries out the ass. Who's going to get re-signed? Now add Dawson Knox to that list of an already uh, anemic, so to speak, offense the last three weeks. It just feels like it's going to get worse before it gets better, the way things are looking. I don't have the light at the tunnel for you right now. I don't. I don't know what it is. You cannot play like that against the Giants and the Patriots in succession and somehow find a way to 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 extract a, a light at the end of the tunnel. That's 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 uh, logical uh, in an argument towards pursuing. This is this is uh, this is bad, bad. And I'd like to know in the comments. Let me know right now. Where's your? This is blowing my mind right now. Where's your confidence level? At home Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Bucks because the Bucks, at least on paper, in my opinion, based on who they have personnel wise, leaps and bounds better than the New England Patriots, who just went up and down the football field and put up 29 points on these Bills. Okay. The Bills somehow, I I I I don't know. Once again, I continuously keep thinking that I'm just gonna wake up and I, I'm gonna, I don't know where I'm gonna be in bed somewhere, and all of this never happened because I can't understand it. How are the Bills, according to Vegas right now, they are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on Thursday. Would you even consider putting one hard-earned U.S. dollar on that spread? Who in their ever-loving mind right now would give the Bills a touchdown-and-a-half against anybody? Anybody? How is that possible? So 
So where's your confidence level at? Because according to Vegas, they're still as confident as ever the Bills are going to go out and, and beat the Bucks by a touchdown. I, on one hand, I, I cannot for the life of me understand where that confidence is coming from. You imagine putting, I'm talking even 50 cents on that game at, at, at minus seven and a half. Where? How? How? So you let me know where you're at, confidence level. Wise, because I, I I don't know how you could. Where's the confidence coming from? Is the other thing. I don't know if you know uh, you know about how money line and stuff works, but let's let's just let's just paint the picture here as as far as where the bills are at in accordance to what they are viewed to do on Thursday night. Mind you, you know with a grain of salt, of course, because they were viewed to have beaten the Patriots by nine this past week. They were supposed to beat the Giants by sixteen, and it it couldn't have been anything farther from it. But if you were to bet, if you were to bet a hundred dollars, all right, this is this is the best way to put it. In order to win a hundred dollars Thursday night, you would have to bet three hundred and seventy-five dollars to win $100 on the Bills to win the game. That's how big of a favorite they are. On the other hand, you could bet $100 on the Bucks, and that would pay you $300. So you mean to tell me there is that big of a gap right now from what we've seen from these two teams recently? I- I'm stunned. Stunned. I don't, know. I don't know what to make of it, but that's blowing my mind right now. Let's take a look at some super chats here. GP, he's coming in. How the Bills are playing uh, and, and, and these quick follow-up games is not helping my liver. It's not helping anything for me. Liver, mind, body, soul, anything. It's a bad, 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 bad place to be. I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter yesterday, but I, I was, like I said, I was at the pay, I was at this game. I was at this, sh- this shit show. And the, the, the Patriots stadium is in a, it's in a mall, essentially. It's awesome. It's called Patriot Place. If you haven't been, you literally walk out of the stadium and you're at this huge outdoor mall, bars, uh, restaurants. It's killer. So there's good football on. I want to go watch. I'm sick in the head. More football? Sign me up after that. Let's go watch some decent football somewhere. So I'm in line at this restaurant. All right, we're in this bar. It's like a bar slash restaurant. So it's not like just for adults or whatever, I guess. And there's a massive line for the men's bathroom because it's one of those men's bathroom that has like one, one thing in it, you know? So I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm like next in line to walk in through the door, but the door is held open. And this kid, he's in a Patriots Jersey. He can't be more than eight or nine years old. And he looks at me dead in the eye. He's walking out and I'm standing in line still. He looks me dead in the eye and he goes, we smoke in that bills pack. This little nine year old kid stared me right in the eye and said that to me. And I, I mean, you, you can't make it up. I mean, I don't even, I, I, I just got taken to the shed, but by like a nine-year-old kid in a Pats jersey, this, this team has been playing some of the worst football we've ever seen. And I got this kid in this bar roasting my ass. I mean, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at today. I got nine-year-old kids roasting me in Patriots jerseys. That's where we're at today, guys. That's the reality of this. And I have no, well, for starters, what am, what am I going to, I mean, good for that kid. Like, that's killer. 
but like the, the the stones on that kid is great. I love it. I thought it was hilarious. But when you kind of peel back, it, it, it's it's sad as hell. It is just depressingly sad. It is so sad. And I I can't. I got nothing. I have no rebuttal. Whether you're a nine year old kid, a ninety year old man, somewhere in the middle, whatever. If you were to say anything to any of us right now, what's the rebuttal? I got into it with one guy yesterday. I got into it because I had had it. And I got to give credit. The Patriots fans were around us were great, but this one absolute prick was he, he like grabbed my my Bills gear and he's like as he's walking out. So I hit him with the you know you're still two and five and stuff. But then you know what? Whatever. I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna fight with people. I hate it. I think it's the stupidest thing. You're never gonna catch me fighting. Someone wants to throw hands with me. Someone get the phone out, record it because I'm not throwing back and and we'll take care of it when we need to take care of it. I'm not doing that. Not me. And I said, that's all I said to him. You know, you're, you're still two and five, whatever. And he's mother effing me, whatever. And as he's walking up, you know, enjoying the hell out of what just happened. I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, the fact that this is even occur- like as like in real time, as this guy is, you know, absolutely destroying me, you know, whatever. In like real time, I was having one of those out of body moments where I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is really happening right now. This guy is on top of the world roasting my ass. Because the worst team in football, perhaps, just rolled the, the, these bills for 60 minutes. And, and it's just like when it hits you, it hits you hard. Where you're just standing there and you're like, this is actually happening. And I don't know how, how you guys get during these games, but I get this feeling. I get this an overwhelmingly terrible, like, cloak of anxiety. Like, it feels as though you you stuff a... You stuff a blanket. It's almost like a weighted, the best way to be, put it would be a weighted blanket. It's like this big weighted blanket that gets put, to, put over you and you can't take it off. Where it's just like you feel like you're being bogged down. And you're like, you can't get rid of it. And, and you, you kind of also know that it's not going to go away. Like, you know that this isn't just going to disappear. This is, this is, this, this is the, the game at hand here. We're not going to win it. And it kind of hits you where you're like, standing there and this is happening and you realize the the situation in which it's happening in. And like I keep saying, it's in those moments where you can't even fathom the reality of the situation. Like when the bills last week had to defend a final drive and a one yard goal line stand to beat the giants. I don't know how you guys felt, but I'm sitting there thinking this can't be real. This cannot actually be happening right now. There's no way, right? It's the exact exact same thing I felt week one. Where, where if you remember when Tyler Bass lines up to, gain, to tie the kick and it hits the upright and it goes in. And you're like, you get a second to breathe and you're thinking, this game's going to overtime right now. Zach Wilson off, off the bench. This game's going to overtime. Tyrod Taylor, length of the field on the one yard line. This is happening right now. Mac Jones, two-minute drill, walks down the field. This is happening right now. How many times does this have to happen for us to kind of face the music a bit here? Now, they could they could figure it out, I guess. I don't know, because there's, they seem to be the kings of just doing whatever they, whatever they decide to do any given week. There's no consistency. Although, to their credit, I guess they've been consistently mediocre to bad the last three weeks. 
So at least there's been some consistency. Consistency, um, but you know, I, I still once again I cannot get over this. How you can even put on display what you did, not just once. You know, it's not like they just went out and rolled the Raiders and then did this every other game. How you did what they did three consecutive weeks where you're scoring almost forty points and your defense is destroying the other team like embarrassing them. And then you follow it up with this. And once again, I know everybody's going to say the injuries. I get that. I I get that. There's no injuries on offense of note. I understand now today that 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 is not necessarily true as of about an hour ago with Dawson Knox having to get wrist surgery. But as you saw yesterday, Dalton Kincaid is going to be fully capable of being the number one tight end when he's given his opportunities. Finally, yesterday they decided it was going to be the Kincaid day, um, which it hasn't been the Kincaid day once this year not even close yesterday. They decided to finally get him involved. And what do you know? Eight targets, eight catches. Um, it's kind of, you know, interesting to see, you know, when you do get other guys on this team involved, they can contribute. It's just rare that you get all the guys involved. Um, but this offense, where's the excuse? I understand if you want to line up with the, with the litany of ex- excuses that are the injuries for this bills D right now, fine, fair, whatever. I get it. It's cause it's real. And you are missing two all-pro players, one who was playing incredibly well in Daquan Jones, right? Uh, So I get all of it. But where's the excuse for the offense that was scoring almost 40 points and now all of a sudden they they can't, they can barely break 20. And in the first half, they can't even break seven. What, where's the excuse? And I mean, let's talk about Josh Allen for a second here because I, I, I don't know what's going, I don't know what's going on. It, It, I don't, I, I guess what I'm going to say here is not, not, it might not make a whole lot of sense unless it does make sense, if that makes any sense. But does, is it the same to you guys? Maybe it's just me. I doubt it is, though. Something just like almost like this energy that I'm getting. I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint the exact reason for this, but I'm just getting this energy that does not feel right from him. He doesn't seem comfortable. He doesn't seem happy. He doesn't seem in a groove. Everything seems like it is the hardest thing he's he's ever had to do every given snap. Something just doesn't seem right, and it seems to have trickled down into this whole offense where all of a sudden now I just have absolutely no confidence in this offense at all. And I don't know what to put my finger on. And people want to say Dorsey and people want to say whatever else, lack of another top wide receiver or offensive line has been an excuse at times. And I know we just heard, uh, what was it, an hour or two ago? And I'm sure people will go nuts on this. But what was it, an hour or two ago where it came out that McDermott had told a, a reporters that he does have some say in the offense. So I'm sure what we'll see, I haven't looked, but I guarantee we will see throughout the week, uh, some comments in regard to how McDermott is the one that's completely destroying this offense because Dable didn't shake his hand last week. I mean, it, it's always something, I guess, you know, it's always something. I don't know what it is. I don't have the answer. I don't think it is Ken Dorsey. I I don't see that. Ken Dorsey's not the one missing Stephon Diggs on a wide open deep route that I'm watching Gardner Minshew hit uh, with the Colts, right? I'm watching, I'm watching PJ 
Walker or whatever. I'm watching quarterbacks in the NFL do, do these things. And Josh, I mean, th- this is multiple times now. He did it against the, the Jaguars. It was in this past game. I'm sure there's a couple more there, right? Josh Allen's supposed to be this generational deep ball thrower. And, I, and I'm watching Josh really miss on some big time deep balls. And yesterday, that would have broke the game open. He had digs wide open by about three or four feet, and he missed them by about four or five yards. And I get that that's just one throw. But when you couple that with the first throw of the game being an instant interception, when you couple that with numerous throws throughout the game that just did not seem to be on target, I'm not saying to sit here and say, hey, this is on Josh Allen is not accurate. But to sit here and say that none of it is, is also inaccurate as well. Josh Allen, and this is how I've felt through the first seven weeks here. I have felt that as much as Josh Allen has contributed to the success of this team in 2023, it has felt as though he is considered an equal amount to uh, to their issues as well. It seems like over seven games, we have a decent enough sample size to see the times in which Josh Allen has actively contributed to the detriment of this team, as well as Josh Allen, of course, contributing to the success of this team. And I just, I I, I throw my hands up in the air. And the concerning thing is you never know which version you're going to get. And lately we've just been getting the version of we're going to get a couple of really good uh, plays, but for the most part, we are not going to get a consistently good game. I keep seeing this where the, the bills, this is insanity to me. I keep seeing this. I'll give credit to who I'm seeing it from currently right now. Uh, Adam, his name is on Twitter. Uh, sharp, sharp and pencil is who, who covered it out. Okay. He, he's with cover one. Adam is. Um, and Adam tweeted this out today at around three o'clock I keep seeing people sharing it and whatnot this is I don't understand this because this is what I keep trying to explain and if you can't tell like I'm having a really tough time finding the adequate words to summarize what we're watching because I don't think that there really is a good way to explain this and this is what I'm getting at Adam tweets out a graphic here uh, of the of the overall top EPA offensive teams through the last three weeks here the bills according to uh to these numbers are are number two. They're like the second best offense in the league on average per play in the last three weeks. And this is where I'll talk about here on at times how I don't necessarily think statistics are often um, representative of what a game is. You could look at this. If you looked at this and saw that the bills on average per play are, are one of the most efficient offenses in the league over the last three weeks, and then you watch the games. Would, could you imagine looking at that graphic and then me telling you, oh, yeah, and by the way, the Bills scored 14 points against the Giants and they only scored in the fourth quarter. They didn't score any other uh, time throughout the game. They probably should have lost that game. Oh, and then on top of that, they lost outright to the New England Patriots. Uh, so I don't it doesn't make any sense. The, the, the first half in particular is what's really, really just destroying this team, killing this team. Uh, they're nowhere to be found. They, they just don't get off the bus, and then all of a sudden, by the time 
they figure out, hey, we got to get it in gear. It's just too late. Now, you know, to their credit yesterday, despite just a bad game on offense, they did what they had to do at the end. They took the lead. The, the defense, I, I, I just, I, for the life of me, cannot believe that they allowed Mac Jones to score a touchdown on, on a two-minute drill with time to spare. I, I, I just cannot, I can't believe it. I can't. It is one of the most unbelievable things I've seen this entire season. I'm speechless. As bad as that offense played yesterday, they took the lead with under two minutes. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh my God, this is two weeks in a row where this team has just been terrible and they're going to do it again. And then tonight, maybe we're having a conversation, right? Where we're saying we're, we're, we're more towards where I was talking about the Chiefs earlier, where it's like, they're really not playing great. Now, granted, the Chiefs did really play well yesterday against the Chargers. So that doesn't hold up as well today. But we've also seen numerous games throughout the year here. The, the, the Jets game, of course, the Jaguars game, where the Chiefs just don't play well, but they're winning, right? So maybe we have a conversation tonight where we're like, hey, you know, this team is not playing well, but maybe they're, maybe they're you know, going to figure it out. They're winning, and that's all that matters. And they allow Mac Jones, with what seemed to be relative ease, go all the way down the field. And I sit here today, well over 24 hours removed from that, and I, I'm still as stunned as I was in the moment. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been as stunned the way that the, the way the day went and the, what he was doing. But holy cow, a two-minute drill for a guy who hadn't been able to get to the red zone almost the entire season and to be able to do it when it mattered most in less than two minutes and then cap it off with the TD? Uh I mean, we were all week long going into this game. All anybody talked about was Patriots drafting a new quarterback, moving on from Mac Jones, right? Patriots are going to fire Bill Belichick at the end of the year. And the Bills just lost to that team uh, uh, on a two-minute drill and allowed them almost 30 points. It's one of the, it's probably the most shocking loss of the season. And I, and where I sit today is I just wonder is it shocking or is that just what this Bills team is this year? I, I don't I don't know. My only trepidation in, in just flat out accepting that they are the team we saw yesterday is that we've seen it possible to be the complete opposite of that team three times. And even though the the two of those three dominant games came against lower end opponents, you would argue. The Giants and the Patriots are lower-end opponents. So you know that they're capable of doing it. So I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But what I do know is I look around right now at this AFC, and I look at any team worth a damn, and I don't know how the Bills today beat them. I don't know how the Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens the way they're playing. I certainly don't think they're playing nearly well enough to beat the Chiefs. Because you know that game, as usual, will just come down to a, a play or two. And right now, do you trust the Bills to be the team on the, on, the, uh, on the winning side of a play or two right now? They seem to be the team on the opposite end of the play or two. 
nearly routinely now. So I don't see it. Already lost to the Jaguars, of course. I don't count the Dolphins because I look at the Dolphins in the same tier as the Bills right now, where if it comes down to having to play one of these top teams, I have absolutely no trust at all. I have absolutely no trust in the Dolphins beating a team that actually is worth a damn. And right now I don't with the Bills either. Um, you know, and, and this is the scary thing. It's like you're watching other teams too who are just lesser, but they're finding a way to win. Like the Steelers, for instance. Steelers had no business winning that game yesterday. They won. They had no business winning that Browns game a few weeks back. They won. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? They're getting out of there with wins. The Browns, two weeks in a row, beating two good teams with a backup quarterback. One of those teams being the best team in the league in the Niners. They're playing better than the Bills right now. Who isn't playing better than the Bills right now? I think this. I think my, my the, the easiest uh, conclusion I think you could make is I think when we're comparing them to what we thought they would be or what they could be or what we wanted them to be, they're bad, right? When you're comparing them, when you're comparing what we saw yesterday and what we saw against the Giants, when you're comparing them in that situation to what we saw against the, uh, the Dolphins and the Raiders and the Commanders, it's bad. But when you kind of compare it to the rest of the league and also when you compare it to like the average teams in this league, it's exactly that. It's average. And I think what I'm kind of starting to think might be the conclusion here, I think that this team is just an average football team and who's currently playing below average. I don't think this team is uh, is a special football team right now. And when you do factor in major injuries on the defense, I I, I don't think that this team is a is um, a great football team today. That's not an excuse. That the reality is the roster that the Bills currently have, uh, right? The, the 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 team that the Bills currently have the ability to put out on the field, they're not uh, they're not a great uh, football team. And, you know, you look down the pipe and it's just tough to see how it gets any better with the guys that are going to end up leaving or maybe the guys you're not going to be able to retain based on contract situations. And then, of course, guys just getting older and and moving on. Uh, And then, you know, you looked around like after that, you know, you just go back a couple of weeks ago and it's just amazing. This league, you know, you, you, you. Two work weeks go by and everything is uh, is just, it's a whole different world. You're living in a whole different world than where you were living in two weeks ago. It's uh, this league. I mean, it's, it's like the, the age old saying, just this league, period. Um, but you looked at this league two weeks ago and where the way the Bills were playing, right? Going into Jacksonville and the way everybody else was playing. And it just felt like it was wide open. And I still do think right now it is as open as you thought it, you know, it could possibly be. There really isn't a team right now in the AFC. There isn't a team at all in the AFC right now that you can definitively say is the undisputed best team. I think obviously the answer most people would have would be the Chiefs. That would be my answer just because they're still 6-1. and one. They're still coming off the Super Bowl victory and they've been the best team in the AFC for years. So 
that is the answer. But when we're talking about dominant football and whatever, I think the Chiefs are beatable. It's just that they find a way. The Chiefs are the answer. Um, but you look around, and I don't think anybody is is showing that they are unbeatable. Like uh, up until last week, to me, the San Francisco 49ers looked unbeatable. But then when McCaffrey and Debo go down and it's left up to your quarterback, who is, let's face it, reliant on two of the best players in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball to have a great night, uh, it, it gets tough. But, hey, to Br- Brock Purdy's credit, they still got into field goal range, still had the ability to get a game-winning kickoff, and that kicker just flat out missed it. That's a 40-yard field goal, and I think those are made at around 81% average in the NFL. So – the, the the Niners to me looked unbeatable. I look at the um, I, I look at the AFC today, and I think every team has their flaws. But the reality is that the top right now just looks infinitely better than the than the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens they look extraordinary all of a sudden. I the the, the Chiefs. No matter whether you think that they're playing great or not, it does not matter because they just find a way. It doesn't matter. The reason I wanted style points, and, and, and not only did we not get that, we just got a loss, but the reason I wanted style points against the the Patriots yesterday is I wanted to see another sign of the ability to do what they did in week two, three, and four to be real still. With the Chiefs, style points don't matter because they just win no matter what. So who cares? Um, the Bills seemingly, when they win, they just beat the living hell out of you, and uh, and there was no other way for them to win. And then you got Jacksonville, who they can just do everything on offense well. They run the ball real well. Uh, when when Lawrence is on, he's on, and he can be a top 10 quarterback. They got some real good weapons on the offensive side of things. They have a pretty damn good defensive front. Uh, you know, the Jags are a good football team and a young good football team at that. Plus, they're very well coached. Um, and then... The Dolphins are still the Dolphins. They're going to beat up on the great teams. They're going to have a, or a the, the lower end teams. They do have an electrifying offense, but when it's faced up against a stout defense, it kind of just disappears. And then you have the Bengals, who we will forget about because they're currently last in the AFC North, having been on the bye this past week and that they're three and three. But you can just tell with the Bengals, they've done this the last couple of seasons where they start really slow and then they come alive. The Bills have not, during the Josh Allen era in which they have been a contender, the Bills have had their clunkers for sure. Of course, they had that game against Jacksonville with Urban Meyer there. Um, you know, they've had the multiple games against Tennessee. They had the game against Indianapolis where they got their ass kicked. The Bills have had their clunkers. I'm not entirely sure, and I could be wrong. You could let me know, but what, well, just off the top of my mind, I can't think of a time during the Josh Allen contender era here where the Bills have looked this consistently bad for this long, other than maybe the end of last season. But even then, they were winning, right? They were winning. And that's why I don't think we ever kind of came to terms with that, you know, the fact that the team wasn't playing all that great. Ever since the Sunday night game last year against the Packers, it felt like the Bills weren't playing at their, at their best but we never sat down and, and kind of looked in the mirror and said it because they were winning football games. And, and the harsh reality that we have today is 
the Bills as it stands today, right, October 23rd, have as many losses today as the Bills had the entire season last year. The Bills, the Bills would have to uh they'd have to win 10 or nine straight. Well, I know they one of the games didn't count last year, but 13 and three last year. They'd have to win nine consecutive football games uh to have the same record that they had last year. And I'm here to tell you there's not a shot now. Uh the way they're playing. And you know, in order to be feeling comfortable about the playoffs, you probably got to be 11 and five. And when you really peel back the curtain and when it hits you that that only allows you two more losses with the likes of the Bengals, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Patriots again, the Jets again, who have both already beat you, a sneaky, decent Bucks team, a Broncos team that has a good offense that, you know, when they decide to, to show up, the defense is abysmal. But Russell Wilson, up until recently here, has been, his numbers are pretty good. It's not a good football team, but neither are the Patriots and neither are the Giants. Um. Excuse me, at Nub World for correcting me. I keep, you know, always feel like it's going to take me forever to get used to the 17 games, but 11 and 6, yeah. Um, 11 and 6 is probably getting you in. Then again, I don't know if if that even does, if that's going to get you in uh, the way uh, things go. You never know. You probably feel good about it at 11 and 6. Um, but either way, the Bills would uh, would have to lose only three more games uh, over the next two months, and they've already lost three games through the first month and a half, and um, and their schedule wasn't a shell of what it's about to be. Let's get back to some super chats here. Start off from the top here. Forrest West Bay. Forrest coming in. He is saying, there is zero innovation mediocrity is the enemy of greatness. McDermott said, keep knocking after last year's loss to Cincy. When does he hear the knock? I like what you, that middle sentence there is the ultimate, is the ultimate uh, phrase to me. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I kind of wanted to reference myself. There is nothing worse in the NFL than being average. The Bills were average forever. I mean, during the drought, there was very few times that the Bills were like the worst team in the league. Really, you know, you go back and look at it. They really never were the worst team in the league. Like they were always just good enough to not be in the top 10 uh, of the draft. And they were always bad enough to not be in the playoffs. It is the worst place you can be in, in all of sports. And when there's a different there's a different definition i think of bad depending on what your team is so for instance the tyrod taylor drought ending year that was an average football team but for us that was a damn good bills football team right when you look around the league that was an average Bills football team that was lucky to get into the playoffs because of Andy Dolan and Tyler Boyd. But for us, that was a good Bills football team. 
when you have the bills that the, the, the bills team that they currently have average isn't average. It's bad because it's either living up to what you have and taking advantage of what you've built or it's bad. There's no middle ground. You can't be average with this team. You can't be average in the prime years of Josh Allen with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. You can't. And if you are, uh, then that to, that to me, it, it skips average and it just goes to bad because at that point, what good is average getting you? Nothing. It's getting you nothing. And like Forrest is saying here, mediocrity is the enemy of greatness. And th- this team is mediocre to low to lower than that right now. And it is certainly, uh, it is certainly interfering with their ability to be great. And it's certainly interfering with their ability to go the distance this season. And uh, you know, I mean, you sit here today, and the one seed seems imp- it's impossible to me. I, I-, I don't know. They'd have to run the table. They would have to win out. And, uh, if, I mean, right? Um, do I even have to say it? So that's gone. And the crazy thing here, you know, is that under Josh Allen here and in this window, They'll, they're never, they've never had the one seed. They're not going to have the one seed. And how close has it really been? They've been in the conversation. But when it comes towards the end of the year, it never really seemed like it was within reach. It, it seemed like it was, you could see it, but you, you knew it wasn't going to work out the way things needed to go. It's gone now. It's gone. Unless the top of the AFC decides to just have what, start doing what the Bills are doing and imploding against terrible football teams. And then all of a sudden the bills decide to kick it in gear and become the greatest team in the NFL. It, that that's gone. And so that means you are going to be in the wild card. If that, and uh, you know, and the, the other thing too, that's, that's crazy is winning the division is going to be your best bet to get in. And you continuously hurt yourself more and more losing games like this, because as much as I don't believe in the dolphins and I don't to, to the, to the tune of last night, I, I went, I just, I was confident in Philly to say the least made it, made the most sizable bet of my entire life last night uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles. I had never been more confident. That just seemed like one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. Rarely are they ever that easy. And it, well, it was that easy. I, I couldn't believe it. Didn't sweat it once. That just seemed like uh, the, the the perfect opportunity. Stars aligned, right? Pay, uh, Eagles coming off a bad loss to the Jets. They're being undervalued. They're only a three-point favorite. That seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it was. I have no faith in the Miami Dolphins. But what I'll give them credit for, they have won every single game this season that they should have won. They were underdogs against the Bills and lost. They were underdogs against the Eagles and they lost, but they were favored in their other five games and they won all five of those games. So if you look at the recipe that has been unfolded in front of us through the beginning of the season here, that's going to contribute 
if it stays the if it stays the course, that's going to contribute to the Miami Dolphins winning this division. Because the Dolphins can continue to lose to the better teams, but if they beat the teams that they should and the Bills continue to find a way to do what they're doing, it, it's it's they're a shoe in to win it, the Dolphins. What you look at now, and it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. The Bills now have to make up these terrible losses with wins against really good opponents. So now where say you had won that Jets game week one and you win that game yesterday and you have more cushion, you could have gone into Philly in late November and afforded a loss. You could have gone into Arrowhead potentially and maybe afforded a loss or go into Cincinnati, right? Or, you know, play the Cowboys, But now you have to go into Philly and win. You have to go into uh, Cincinnati and win. You have to go into Kansas City and win if you want to win this division. That, of course, is if the Dolphins continue to beat up on bottom feeders and continue to stack their wins that way. The Bills have to make up for it somewhere, and that, when you look at it, is the only possible way to do it. And if today you have even a a shred of confidence in the Bills' ability to go into any of those places and get a victory, you are a much more optimistic person than I am. In fact, I don't even know how I can adequately predict the Bills to win this coming Thursday. And, you know, you can say what you want. Oh, he's a shit fan, you know, no faith or whatever. Fine, I, I, I don't care. I'd love to know, based on what I've seen the last month or so, what am I going to say here that gives me the the blueprint to a Bills victory Thursday night? Because if you can't stop a Mac Jones offense that has been, I, I know I keep saying it, but I just I keep saying it because I think that the more I say it, maybe the, the it won't it won't it'll disappear. I don't know, or maybe it'll register in my mind because it still hasn't. This this team got rolled defensively by one of the worst teams, offensive teams, rather, in, in some time. That that I can't possibly, and you all know it, I'm sure, I can't overstate how bad that New England Patriots offense was going into yesterday. I mean, it was so bad. I don't know if you saw my tweet. I tweeted out a soundbite of Chris Sims, who live on air through at NBC Studios, literally said the New England Patriots effing suck. How could you pick them to win anything? As he would go on to explain why the Bills would win yesterday. That's how bad it is. You got people like, you know, Sims or whoever else in the national media talking that way about that. And you you never hear that type of stuff. And they got walked on. 29 points, Mac Jones, 25 of 30, just shy of 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He diced him up, and it it was from the beginning to end. Diced him up, and when he had to do it, when it counted the most, he did it with ease. He waltzed down that field to end that football game with 12 seconds to spare. And you mean to tell me that a team coming in to the to Buffalo this coming Thursday 
isn't isn't capable of doing the same. I mean, you can you can sit here and tell me how bad the Bucks are all you want, but you know, the the, the Miami the, the New England offense doesn't have a player half the caliber of what a Mike Evans is as far as a weapon is concerned, and they did what they did. So you want to know what's, you want to know where I'm at right now though that it just makes me the most sad is this is my favorite time of the year like it it, it just it, it it's the best the fall is the best football is the best I love everything about it ever since I was a little kid this time of year Every single week, looking forward to the next Bills game and the next Bills game. It's the, I can't think of anything like it. It's, I can't put it into words. Indescribable. It's my favorite thing on earth. Every week, you like to look forward to the next one. Look forward to the next one. It's, it's the greatest thing. I, I got no other way to put it. You either know it or you don't. You're either into it or you're not. I know plenty of people on both ends, but I've never understood the people that are on the, on the end of not, of not knowing it. Because I, I just I can't imagine not having it. It's the best. And that's why I'm so sad today because I, I'm not excited right now. I'm like not excited for Thursday night football. And with the schedule coming up, I should be excited for that rematch, you know, against the Bengals on prime time to avenge the playoff loss. Right? I should be excited about you know, a month from now going into Philly, taking on the NFC champs of last year. And like, I, what? how could I be excited? And that to me is what's the worst part about it. I don't anticipate this team. I don't go into it this season every year thinking they got to win it all or they're going to win it all. I always have my hopes and ex- and I always have my expectations set higher than they should be, right? And I always have my hope that they'll that they'll win it all and I always, you know, to some degree anticipate they're going to have a shot to do it. But I don't need that every year in order to have a enjoyable football experience. But this is not, this has not been enjoyable. This last 2 weeks has been the furthest thing from it. And when you have a team like the Bills do, at the very least, I mean, obviously you're going to lose games, and at times you're going to lose games in ways you shouldn't. But what you know, but this has been just unenjoyable, and I think that to me is the most disheartening aspect of it. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. And I think the the wild thing is too. It, I think it, this would be it'd be different. It'd be different if they were because we saw this on display last year, right? And it capped it capped off with that terrible loss to Cincy. If they did, this is the this is the oddest part about it. They they brought that same type of play into Week One against the Jets, right? They brought that same type of stagnant, uninspired play against the Jag into the into the MetLife Stadium and did the same thing. I think it'd be different today if they just kept that going. And at least you could say, man, this sucks, but this is just, it is what it is. I think where we're at right now is how do you do what you did to end last year? Bring that into week one. And then on the flip of a dime, 
go three consecutive weeks of playing the most dominant football you've ever seen. And then on that same flip, go back to exactly what week one was and do that for three consecutive weeks with no glimmer of a, of a change on the horizon. So I think that's the most disheartening thing is you got a real good, almost month long taste of what these bills could be. And you immediately got gut punched and you continuously get punched over and over again these last couple of weeks. So that's, that's the unfortunate reality of it. Uh, so as, as, as mentioned, Tampa Bay comes to town. I don't think this is like hyperbole to say this. Um, again, if they lose this game, I mean, I, they're, they got, they're, are they done? I, I haven't even thought about that. And it's, that's just kind of hitting me right now. <laughs> I don't know how you come back from being four and four unless you just run the table in an unprecedented fashion and become a different, entirely different team and never revert back to what you were. I think if they lose Thursday, I'd have to look and see what the playoff odds would be or whatever, but there's a, there's a very high possibility that they're all but done if they lose Thursday night. I mean, obviously, mathematically, you wouldn't be eliminated right then and there. But at the most, you'd be able to lose maybe two more games. And, oh, my God, I, I can't believe we're even having this conversation. I just can't. I can't. I can't believe it. I mean, go back to where you were, like, Go back to where you were when Kyle Allen took the field against the Dolphins. Go back to that version of you. And could you imagine telling that version of you in that moment, hey, man, enjoy this, because three weeks from now, you're going to be staring at the Bucks coming to town and having a conversation about the fact that if the Bills lose that game, there's a very decent chance their season's all but over. And imagine what that version of you would have said to that, to that statement. Imagine the look on your face. And you wouldn't have believed it. And I, for one, know I wouldn't have. And let's be fair. Like, Walter's coming in. By that logic, any team that, you know, goes to four losses is out next week. No. I mean, come on. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you envision going the rest of the way, with the Bengals, Eagles, Chiefs, three divisional games, the Cowboys, the Chargers remaining in your way and winning enough to make the playoffs, then, I mean, one, love the optimism, jealous as hell, once again, as I always say. Um, but two, that would, in, that would mean that they had become the best team in football, in my opinion. 
if you go through that run of the of the upcoming schedule here and and come out of that with two or less losses, that to me is you can't be better than that. I guess what I'm getting at is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not maybe the better phrasing here would be, you know, they're not, if they lose Thursday, are they done? Like, you know, Goodell comes in and, uh, and, and starts uh, taking all the shit out of the bills lockers and putting it into a suitcase and saying, Hey, thanks for your service. No, but I'll ask you this. Maybe this is the better way to put it. Ask yourself, you're sitting there 1130 this coming Thursday. The bills just lost to the bucks and they're four and four. Are they done to you? Cause they're done to me. And I would have to see about a month and a half, two months of undeniable performances in order to be convinced otherwise, I guess. I can't. I can't even, like, wrap my head around it. I can't. Just for fun here. I want to see. They have. I, I want to know if it's possible to see the odds, like how it fluctuates. Playoff wise. Once again. I'm currently doing right now what I used to do when I was like 11, okay? When the Bills were wearing the navy blue unis, I would sit on the computer at school and be like, hey, Teehee, here's how the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl. Hey, yo, here's how the Bills are going to end that drought. We're going to make the playoffs first time in my life. I'd sit there on the computer recess. I'm telling you, boys, here it is. Everybody's laughing at you. You know, you got your Roscoe Paris jersey on or whatever, right? Your Eric Molds jersey. Here we go. Here we go. That's what I'm doing right now. This is bullshit. How has it come to this? All right, so as it stands right now, the Bills, so for through DraftKings, they're minus 175 to make this the playoffs. Okay, minus two fifteen at Fanduel. So it it's kind of like it's it's creeping towards like even odds to give you to give you some perspective, right? The Bills uh, we'll we'll stick with the same sports book here. The Bills are uh are minus two or they're minus one seventy five on DraftKings to make the playoffs. Okay. The Jaguars minus 450, Ravens minus 450, Dolphins minus 1,000, Chiefs minus 20,000. So you want to know what's crazy right now? Just to give you an example. The Browns, as it stands right now, have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Buffalo Bills. The Browns have slightly better odds of making the playoffs than the Bills. The Steelers have slightly worse odds to make the playoffs compared to the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, so what you're looking at here is the Bills are like right now on in the middle of the pack, leaning towards the ability to get in. But you know, once once again, it's uh, it feels like back in the old days where you're on the outside looking at in the hunt, in the hunt. I don't know. So we we look at it right now. The crazy thing is too is when you look at so if the, if it ended today, what one two three four five six. So the Bills would be the last team in if it ended today, right? It'd be the last team in. But when you look at the teams on the outside, like where the Bills are just slightly above, that's where it's like makes you sick like the texans are right below them the jets are right below them the colts with a backup quarterback right below them the raiders right it's just and it i guess it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's um It's the numbers kind of reflect what I was saying uh, just not all that long ago. This is uh this is an average middle of the pack football team right now. Um, and I don't know what swings it one way or the other. I, I guess I, I and the and the one the one easy answer, of course, is you know that Josh Allen just all of a sudden just starts playing with his hair on fire. But the problem is this team needs to evolve beyond. My only reasoning for being able to conjure up the idea of this Bills team becoming dominant again, they need to evolve beyond me just saying, well, Josh Allen has to be the best quarterback in the league by a wide margin. You know? And like you saw yesterday, I, well, I, where I will give, you know, a couple of things I saw yesterday that I did like and there wasn't a whole lot, but a couple of things I thought that stood out yesterday that I really did notice as far as I, what seemed to be a um, concerted effort to try and, and change certain things that seemed like they needed to be changed. One of them was it did feel like the Bills were going in uh, under center on offense far more frequently. It did seem like that. Now, I don't know. I don't have the numbers for that in front of me, but just from being at the stadium, it did feel like they were trying to do that more often. I could be wrong, but to me, it just felt like there seemed to be more of an emphasis on trying to do that. But the one thing I know for certain, and the one thing I did really like was I loved the Bills' uh, emphasis on trying to get the ball to Dalton Kincaid. Now, I think think that that was a uh, result of the Patriots defending Stefan Diggs about as well as anybody has all year. It was the lowest yardage he had put up all year, but he's still, it's so hard to keep him away from having an impact on the game. Um, but the problem was yesterday, Diggs was not what we have been accustomed to him being early on here. He only had six catches on 12 targets. So you had six full plays where, you know, Obviously, they don't result in, in, in anything positive. 
trying to force the ball continuously to Stephon Diggs. But what I did love is the efficiency and the utilization of Dalton Kincaid, where you had eight targets, eight receptions, nearly 10 yards uh, a catch on average, and 75 yards. That was the best game of his career. And what do you know? It's the only game of his career thus far that they actually tried to get him involved. But once again, as you'll notice, uh, Stephon Diggs, 12 targets. And this is the problem. Like when Diggs is having a great day, then the Bills more than likely will have a decent day on offense, or at least better than yesterday. But the issue is when you're trying to get the ball to Stephon Diggs 12 times and only six of those plays result in, in a catch, that that's an issue. And that's the, the result of a team right now that seems to be way too reliant on Stephon Diggs with nobody else to pick up the slack. Um, Gabe Davis had one catch yesterday. This team really right now does not have like a legitimate second wide receiver that is a consistent, reliable target. We've been on this before. Davis will have days where he's great. He got into the end zone back to back to back weeks. I think it was, I think it was at least three weeks, might've been four, but there was never any consistency as far as continuously getting him involved throughout the game outside of those touchdowns. He had one game where I think he had as many or just below uh, the amount of receptions that, that Diggs had, but like when you take away Diggs or you take him away from having a wild day and you force six incompletions on 12 targets. When you don't have another receiver that can crack, you know, crack into the ability against that defense to be a game changer. Well, you're kind of screwed. And, and yesterday Gabe Davis on five targets comes up with one catch for six yards. The second leading receiver yesterday, as far as just overall receivers is concerned, was Khalil Shakir for four catches, 35 yards, who has been almost nowhere the whole year himself. Um, And then, you know, yesterday was mainly also a result of a defense that's been playing extraordinarily well almost every week. All of a sudden, have a really bad game. And when your offense seems to not be able to have a good game, uh, well, then, of course, you can expect to, to lose when, when no one's picking up the slack. Recently, the, the, the defense has been picking up the slack and keeping the bills in it and finding a way to make a play or two. Um, but to me, yesterday, as bad as they played, it all comes down to one thing. It all comes down to one thing. They played extraordinarily poor football for 58 minutes. Yet somehow, with a minute 54 left, that team had a three-point lead. And all they had to do to not lose that game in regulation was either stop Mac Jones from going the length of the field, scoring a touchdown and winning it, or stop Mac Jones from getting into field goal, terri field goal territory and tying it, However, if you do allow the latter, you have an opportunity to go into the overtime and win it. At least you have the chance. And the fact that this team, despite playing that bad, 
had the lead with under two minutes and allowed that offense. Unquestionably the worst in the league to just, and it, it, I mean, guys, it was with ease, with ease. They went right down the field. And, um, that to me was the most unbelievable aspect of all of it. I, I just can't, I still, as I sit here with you right now, no matter how many times I've said it, I will never, I'll never understand it. Donnie Foster saying Von will retire at the end of the year. I mean, yeah, you know, Von came here to win a championship and the odds of that right now are seemingly, uh, they're very negligible. Those numbers. So would that shock me right after tearing your ACL and not really coming close to doing what you came here to do? No, that really wouldn't shock me at all. No. And that's kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, uh, you got him. You got Tredavious White now with two consecutive season-ending injuries. What's what's his future? You got Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. They'll be gone. What what will Matt Milano be off of a season-ending injury? Who's you know he's been injured his almost his whole career. What will Matt Milano be? So either who's coming back or are they going to be the same when they do come back? You could say that about almost the entire defense. And then with the offense, I don't see a world where you pay Gabe Davis a wide receiver two type contract. So all of a sudden, he's probably going to go test the market. Who's going to be the next wide receiver? Um, Josh Allen's contract starts kicking in in excess. Stephon Diggs, what's going to happen there? He's not getting any younger, and you you do wonder at times what what goes on what goes on there if they don't if they don't go the distance. No, nah, Daryl, I'm not complaining about um, I'm not complaining at all about older players no longer being here. I'm what I'm saying is. You know, this team that was the team that was supposed to go and have the best chance to go and win it, um, that team is going to be drastically different very soon. That's what I'm getting at. Whether that benefit, the, like, you're, like you're getting at, I think, could that benefit the Bills? Maybe. But I don't think it benefits them instantly. The Bills aren't just going to instantly get rid of all of these veteran guys and replace them with younger talent and, and immediately be better right off the bat. I don't, I don't foresee it. Would that be awesome? Yeah, I would, uh, but that's extremely difficult. And we all know the way that things have gone in the draft. It, it's, it's a lot harder than, uh, than people online want to make it out to be building a team exclusively through the draft. And uh, that'd be the only real way you'd be able to, to monitor or uh, to maximize the cap space, unless you went out and got guys from different teams or whatever that is and that and whatever else. But um. My over my overall point is you now the team that was built to be the Super Bowl team is going to be very different looking in the not so distant future. Um, but like uh, the point you're making, I do get it. it'll be interesting to see what what freed up salary cap money could result in. But you know, 
it's hard to even think about that right now. Like once again, we're back at this point where we used to be, where you're like, what, like in in week eight of the football season, you're talking about future cap space, future players that aren't on this team currently, and and, and talking about the possibility of them being on this team, whether it be you know players on other teams currently or college players through the draft. That's what we're doing right now in this moment. The fact that this is even on our mind at all is uh, is just that that in itself is just sad. Get to more super chats here before we close up shop tonight. Raymond Taylor, he's coming in saying, also uh, gave Bill Belichick his 300th win to make things worse. Yeah, you know, and, and I was at the game. On top of it all, it was not only Bill Belichick's 300th win, but at halftime, they put Mike Vrabel in the Patriots' ring of honor Patriots Hall of Fame so it was just like a nice historic day for the Patriots right go back to beating the Bills like they did for 20 years retire one of their all-time greats up in the the rafters and uh and, and Belichick of course crosses an unprecedented number and gets his 300th victory all in one sunny slightly windy afternoon in foxborough massachusetts and i'm glad i got to witness it all in person what a treat so lucky am i we already went we we did we did forests here with the mediocrity is the enemy sure as hell is john wozniak mortgage specialist love that got the uh the business title right in the name john says any relation to a steve wozniak by the way Truly feel it's McDermott. He's forcing his philosophies on this offense, and Dorsey won't push back. Let them play free and fun. Please, enough suffering. So this is what I thought would kind of come up when we heard about the, uh, when we heard that McDermott, look at the Vikings, man, going up and down on the Niners. So once again, you know, like, like I said earlier in the show, I thought last week I didn't see a team that would, could possibly beat the 49ers, and now they're about to be down two scores to the Vikings. What do I know? Honest to God. I mean, what the hell? Um, but so John's saying here that he thinks it's on McDermott a bit here on offense, and I thought this would be the result of the soundbite we got earlier where McDermott had said that he does have some sort of say in the offense and the way things are run. I would love to know the extent in which that's true. Like, I, I don't know. What does that mean? Is he just giving his input? Like, Hey, maybe this could work or, Hey, I'd like to see this. Or is he like actively sitting down with Ken Dorsey and saying like, you can't do this. You can do this. No, we're not doing this. I want you to do this. Is that it? Cause there's a big difference to me. You're my head coach. Yeah. I would value your opinion. I know you're not an offensive minded guy, but I would value the head coach's opinion as to what I'm doing. If I'm Ken Dorsey, however, I don't know if I value him coming in with a um, with an eraser and saying, nope, nope, nope. And then with a pen writing in whatever he feels like, too. So I, I don't know. I'd love to know what that actually means. But the rumor going around and, and, and this shocked me, the, the, the footage of, of. McDermott and Dable leaving the field last week and barely acknowledging each other shocked me. I had heard the rumblings that it wasn't the greatest ending, but those are two guys who are the head of a multi-billion dollar franchise, respectively, right? Each of them. And they're no dummies. They know the cameras are rolling and they know that everybody's going to be looking to see those two interact after the game because they used to be coaching together. 
And the fact that with that knowledge in mind, those two essentially, I mean, they might as well have either punched each other in the face or flipped each other off from across the field and went to the locker room. That shocked me. And I think that told us a lot. And what's interesting to me is it, it brings back into conversation the Leslie Frazier departure as well, where I'm now looking at the old – this is a whole new regime, right? The Bills team that was in the AFC Championship and the Bills team that should have went the distance in the 13-second game, in my opinion, that team, coaching-wise, has is completely different when it comes to the realm of or, – or the head of the two major realms of the team. And to look back on it now and know that – the departure of Leslie Frazier was not good, and we still don't know exactly what the hell even happened, but it was obviously bad the way it went down. And then to see that between McDermott and Dable, that is an awfully odd thing to me. Um, for a team that has had a terrific culture this entire duration of the McBean era with Josh Allen, to see the two biggest coaching pieces over the last couple of years and over the last, you know, portion of this big success for the bills to have to seemingly be that disgruntled towards McDermott is odd. And I don't think it's a good look. So the rumor to bring it full circle, the rumor here was that the reason Dable had that sentiment towards McDermott that night and in general, and the reason apparently he didn't leave on great terms is because people are claiming that McDermott had his spoon in Dable's offensive pot and was adding ingredients and taking things out. I don't know how true that is, but why is Dable barely able to even acknowledge his former coworker, his former coach, or his former head coach while he was the head of the offense? How? How? it had to have been pretty bad. And a guy like Dable, this is where these rumors, they sort of add up to me. What more would you possibly be mad about than a guy who you felt completely infringed on your ability to be as successful as you thought you could be with a quarterback like Josh Allen? Now, I can't sit here and say definitively one way or the other what happened, but I've heard the the noise and some of it makes sense to me. I, I can't. I can't pot how, why else wouldn't, would there be that much animosity? You really don't see that that often. These guys are no dummies. Like I said, like they know the cameras are rolling, that they're going to be focused in on those guys interacting with each other after the game. And they clearly can't stand each other. I mean, in that environment, first time you play, after Dable leaves, cameras are on primetime football, no less, biggest audience of the week. And you be, you might as well have just, I mean, they, they might as well have spit on each other. They, they clearly look like they hate each other. And I can't imagine it's because, you know, McDermott budged Dable in the lunch line at one Bill's drive. There has to be some serious reasoning behind that. And one Obvious reason to me would be a major difference in coaching style that conflicted at one point and one side feels it was uh, detrimental and the other side feels the same, but for different reasons. So to the point that was just made about, you know, McDermott interfering with Dorsey by John Wozniak, P 
people are now saying, is it the same thing except except uh, Dorsey's not doing what Dable did and in, in, in showing, uh, you know, anger or uh, threatening to leave or pushing back? Is he not doing that because... He's only a year and a half on the job, and many people wanted him fired after a year on the job. Is he thinking to himself, I, I got to buy my time here because I-, I don't know. I don't know where I stand as far as employment is concerned. Uh, there's a lot of politics played in this league, as we well know. And Ken Dorsey has l- worked very long and very hard to get one of the best jobs in football. I mean, there really isn't many. There's only 32 head coaching jobs. And we all know beyond that, a coordinator job is the next best job you can have. And if you do a good job, that almost certainly results in a head coaching job. And Dorsey does not want to lose this opportunity. So you wonder, I'm a year and a half in. It hasn't been great. If I push back now, am I just committing career suicide? I don't know, but that to me, there's like some sort of, there's like, it makes sense. Does it not? Like it adds up now, whether it's true or not, I have no idea, but oftentimes you'll hear rumors and it just sounds like bullshit from the start. This to me, at least to some degree has some legs to it. And when we hear today about McDermott, being involved in the offense now to what capacity? I don't know. I think it adds fuel to this discussion. Um, like I like I keep saying, the the there's no, there's nothing. None of this is set in stone. Nobody has like a video camera uh, propped in the building with visual evidence of this stuff occurring. But this is what people do. This is what I'm doing with you right now. People take the puzzle pieces given to them and form a picture. And the pieces I have are a really sketchy, frankly, just overall bad departure from Leslie Frazier. A, what I thought at the time, ample, what is the word? Amicable, yeah, amicable departure from Brian Dable. Like he got a head coaching job, so it made sense. But I can't get that visual out of my mind of him meeting uh, McDermott out on the field. They didn't even look at each other. They didn't even look at each other in the eye. Any man knows the most, the most, the most common decent thing you can do is look another man in the eye, win, lose, or draw, shake their hand, and move on. You know, I don't care if you love them or you hate them, right? That's what you do. Everybody knows that. It's like it's like the most basic principle of common respect. Those two don't respect each other. So I don't know. But I also think, you know, a lot of this is coming down to we right now are trying we like like I've tried to all night and I've I've failed and I will continue to fail. We're all trying to sit around here and just throw darts at a wall, hoping one sticks as to the best way to describe what we've seen from these Buffalo Bills the last few weeks. I think that the ultimate answer is that we just have no idea. We don't know whose fault it is. And uh, I know we always want someone in particular to blame, but I think right now it is a melting pot of blame that can be dished out all around. 
There's there's injuries that are holding them back. That can be blamed. Josh Allen, what seems to be once a week, just throwing the ball away to the other team, that's a problem. Josh Allen not particularly playing all that great. He'll have great moments, but not being all that consistent throughout a ball game, that's been a problem. The you know lack of creativity, I think, in the play calling has been a problem. The lack of ability to get anybody outside of Stephon Diggs involved enough to impact the game, that's been a problem. Um, a consistent run game, I think, had had life what felt like early in the year. It really hasn't lately. I mean, my got 81 yards on the ground yesterday. You know, there's blame to be given all over. And then now the defense, all of a sudden, I get it. Like the easy thing to say is injuries, but they have played better than this the last two weeks with those same injuries. And I guess maybe Ed Oliver just means way more to this team than anybody could have possibly imagined. I mean, I know Ed Oliver is having like a career year and I'm not saying not having him out there isn't impactful. I don't know if we knew it was that impactful. Because that was about as bad as that defense has ever played under McDermott yesterday. That was just abysmal. It was so bad. I mean, knowing the the situation at hand, I think it's so weird, by the way, that like throughout the broadcast, while Joe Buck's calling the game, they'll just like pan over to his wife. Like if I'm him, like I don't like, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Like Joe Buck in front of like millions of people doing a broadcast, they'll just like pan the camera over to his wife and she's like staring the camera like right down the eye like what's he supposed to say like oh there there's my wife and uh first and 10 ball at the 25 weird uh you know but it's uh it's back to it's back to you know what we what we do best here i guess and uh, as fans and that's uh who deserves the blame today but yesterday the blame's all around the blame's all around. You know, the offense doesn't do a damn thing the entire first half. Really don't do almost anything until late in the game. Uh, but they give you the lead. So right when they finally decided to give you what you needed, then the defense continues their terrible day and allows the worst offense in the league to walk right down their throat and, and score the game-winning touchdown. And then, you know, on top of that, Tyler Bass, no one's been kicking the ball better than him. We talked about this earlier. Misses a down-the-middle field goal about 40 yards out or so. It wasn't like it was 55, 60 yards. Um, maybe it was longer than 40. I don't know. He's missed one of his last, he's, he's missed four of his last five. And what does it matter on the distance? He was automatic from anywhere before, before the last two weeks. Like, you know what I mean? I never was concerned about him ever. And now that's on the list of concerns. And it's just back to my point where it just seems like everything all of a sudden is on the list of concerns. Coaching, quarterback play, uh, uh, you name it. You name it, it just seems like you could add that to the list right now. Uh, Matt French coming in here saying, Bills have to trade for cornerback or another receiver. I, I, and that's the other thing, too. Like I don't know what the, the plan is here. Do, what move do they make, if any? And do they have the ability to pay for that move? within their cap structure to retain that person, whoever, excuse me, whoever it may be for the foreseeable future outside of this season. And the other thing too is, you know, say you go out and lose Thursday night, are you going to go and sink a bunch of draft capital and, 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 uh, and, uh, and cap assets 
into a guy uh, when you're at four and four? I don't know. But what I do know is that they cannot continue to rest on what they have. That's for sure. What that move is, I don't know. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I do. I, I really do. The other problem is, though, is it seems right now that they're not just one move away. That's where I kind of hit the pause button a bit. Like, it doesn't seem like they're one move away. Because what you had just said, right, the Bills have to trade for a cornerback or another receiver. Like, I would argue they need both desperately. But they, I don't think that that's in the cards. At least the ability to get a player impactful enough to make it worth it. You could go out and get a guy, right? I mean, a guy that has been around the league for whatever, 15 years, and is down to his last couple of seasons or his last season, um, or a guy you've never heard of. Or you could go get a guy that would be impactful, but are you going to be able to to swing that? And the and the, uh, the answer is probably not. Are you going to be able to swing two of those guys? Certainly not. Um, and I couldn't tell you who I think they need more, the corner or the receiver. I'd probably lean corner just because I – think that they have almost it's with with what Elam has been and with their inability to find anybody outside of that that's an adequate fill uh it seems like that is the most concerning and most pressing need um but unless you know you want to go and 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 pull off what would be a blockbuster deal and go get a guy like Sertan who the Broncos seem to be claiming is the only guy they're not willing to move on from. I mean, if you want to make a move like that, you're going to have to make some in, insane internal moves in order to do it. We've talked about this on here before. You have more than likely got to move on from Tredavious White, get rid of his contract, and then you're going to have to give the Broncos whatever they're after and then take on Sertan's second contract coming up here. You'd have to re-sign him. And then on top of that, I just feel like once you, okay, you make that move and is that enough to all of a sudden flip this team back to where we thought they were? Cause that's got nothing to do with an offense that can't muster more than a touchdown in, a, in, in any given half. It's got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with this offense's inability to do absolutely anything until midway or late in the third quarter and beyond. Um, So that's why I go back to, what I just said, and that's, I, I doesn't feel like they're a move away right now. And that is, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to, to talk about this stuff really, you know, but you, you, you put it out there, you say it becomes real. It feels real. It sucks. Uh, Scotty's coming in here. Scotty's saying, Hey, just read Dawson Knox is having wrist surgery. That's coming from coach. Yep. So McDermott announced that, Knox is having wrist surgery. Uh, no exact timetable on return. Um, bummer. You know, Knox has been a, a great asset for this team. Unfortunately, the, the beginning of this year has been not good for Dawson Knox. Um, it's not been a good start to his year, but he had been. I, I love Dawson Knox. I love. I love the person. And I love what the Bills have gotten out of him. When the Bills first brought in Dawson Knox, I was concerned that we had no answer at tight end. He had a drop problem right out of the gate. And I remember saying, I just didn't think it was going to happen. And I think he really turned things around. And I've loved Dawson Knox since. Uh, and this team was really reliant, it seemed, on being able to try and get this 12 personnel to become a thing. And now the second most important aspect of that is going to be gone for the foreseeable future. 
Um, it just seems like the last half month, three weeks or so, these bills can't catch a break. You got guys dropping like flies. Uh, some of which are your most impactful, some of your best players. Um, nothing seems to be going right at all, like at all. You know, and this is just another example. So what this opens up now is your first round draft pick, Dalton Kincaid being thrusted into the tight end one position. We saw yesterday him have his best game as a young NFL pro here. Eight targets, eight catches. I have no, I have no trepidation in my, in my idea of him being inadequate or beyond uh, tight end one. Well, what I, what I do wonder here, what I am curious about is how does this change the offense systematically? Because the, the whole premise surrounding that draft pick was running this 12-man personnel. And now that you don't have Dawson Knox, how much does that change up what you want to do if you're Ken Dorsey? I guess we'll see. Uh, so I'm not concerned about replacing the production because Kincaid's certainly capable of being productive at the tight end position. What I'm most interested about is how the philosophies, the philosophy surrounding each and every offensive game plan changes without Dawson Knox being out on the field. But this is going to be a good opportunity. You know, the silver lining here, I hate to see Knox go down. It sucks. Hoping uh, everything goes well for him and get him back soon. The silver lining uh, of this uh, crappy situation is we get to see our most recent, you know, toy, so to speak, in, in uh, Don Kincaid be utilized to his fullest and be a real focal point, hopefully, of this offense. We'll see what Dorsey comes up with. The Kinger, Jeff King, dropping on in, and he is saying, hey, buddy, when's the last off-season Allen has trained with Palmer? Now I'm spitballing here, but based on his play, I'm gathering two seasons. I don't know. I, I had been told that it, he did not last year. I know he did for the majority of the beginning of his career. That's a good question. Um, I know he didn't last season, though, Jeff. I know that. Uh, I love this, though. We're all just trying to find the little things that we can stick to where we're like, is this the reason why it's not looking great or whatever? The odd thing is, like, you look at the numbers, like we were talking about earlier with that EPA stat, and, like, they don't look bad. It's just watch the game. The numbers are not telling of what you're you're seeing on display. Um, They're just not. Been bad, 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 bad football for three straight weeks. And frankly, the score of the two losses, the Patriots game and the Jaguars game, they should be worse, in my opinion. The Jaguars game, the the, the final score there, what was it? 25, uh, what was it? 25 20 or something like that? 26 20. 25 20, yeah. Bills scored with like two minutes left, like a meaningless touchdown. Like they, they were not, a, that was not a five point game. They got rolled the whole game. Offense couldn't do a damn thing. Not a single thing until the, the final couple minutes of the game. And then, uh, and then yesterday, you know, you, you're, you're a fumble away late from, you know, making that game 
as respectable as it looked. The Bills got outplayed the entire game. And that's still that's also coming from the perspective of playing one of the worst offenses in the league, and it still looked like that. Dumbfounded, man. I mean, this is like a whole week ruiner. At least Thursday, I guess, you have the opportunity to right, right the wrongs. You want to know what I hope? The only thing I can cling to, the only thing I can hope, I hope that we can all one of these nights, like, say, uh, say around Christmas time, we can all get on here together and we can pull up this video that I'm doing right now. We can all pull this up, rewatch it together and laugh at how incredibly wrong I in the chat and all of our mindsets were. That's all I can hope for. You know how I said earlier in the show, like imagine going back to that moment where the Bills are about to take the knee and finish off that 28-point drubbing of the Dolphins. And I had said, you know, imagine telling that version of yourself what's to come here over the next month. All I can hope for is that we can sit here two months from now and I can say, you know, imagine a version of yourself going to this moment right now and saying, hey, man, this is about as bad as it's going to get or it's about as bad as it's going to be and it's only going to get better and it's going to get a lot better. All I can hope. But I will say, like I said earlier, would would the version of myself watching that Dolphins game had believed what uh, the new version of myself was telling that person? I know where I'm getting, like, all over the, the different timelines here. But I wouldn't have believed it. If that new version came to me right now and told me it was going to get astronomically better, I wouldn't believe that either. Because I just don't see it. I don't see it. Based on the strength of schedule, based on the other teams surrounding this conference seemingly finding their stride while the Bills are losing theirs, and then the injuries piling up and the inability to get any rhythm going at all for almost half the game, every game. I don't have that mindset right now where I would believe that that's on the horizon, this, this drastic uptick. So hopefully that's what we get. Uh, James, my main man, he's coming in and he is saying serious question, but if we lose and look like crap versus the Bucks, would you look at the trade deadline to unload some players for future draft picks? Man. Ugh. Call the season a wash and get younger. Well, what I would do and what they will do are two different things, and I promise you they will not do that. You know, the last thing any of, any of these guys in positions of power, such as Bean and McDermott, want to do is admit defeat. And when you're the head of a team that supposedly is supposed to be one of the best teams in the football and be able to get to the Super Bowl and make a run in the playoffs, when you are the head of that, you are not going to call off the dogs and wave the white flag in week eight. Whether you should or shouldn't is besides the point. They will not do it. Impossible. If anything, you'd more than likely see Bean go out and make a move to get somebody to bring in to try and double down on the idea that you are a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, would I do it? No, probably not. Who am I unloading? The only people I could unload are either cornerstones for this team that I don't want to get rid of. I'm talking younger players like Oliver, Rousseau, Bernard, 
uh, Epinesa, right? You, you, you name it. Don't want to get rid of any of those guys. And the only other guys you could argue that you might want to unload or you could unload would be aging veterans that you're not going to get anything worthwhile, in my opinion, as far as draft capital is concerned. You're not going to unload your team mid-season for, uh, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks. You're just not going to. And I don't know on this team currently anybody who would be worthy of get like what 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 on this team currently do other teams look at and, and think, hey, we're giving up heavy draft capital for it. I, I don't really know if there's anybody outside of a Diggs and what if Diggs leaves this team tomorrow, what is this offense? Where is the ball going? Gabe Davis becomes your wide receiver one. Your wide receiver two is what Khalil Shakir. Come on, I, it, it, I can't even fathom the offense without Diggs. It's a scary, scary thought sitting back here and even pretending to make that the reality. So, no, I wouldn't do it. Not, nor do I think they would even consider it. Um, but what I would think, or what I do think that they would do maybe go out and double down and make a move to get somebody to try and convince themselves that this team is, is where they thought they were going to be. That's what I think. And then Matt French is saying, uh, I'm thinking pets or tan, send them Elam. Oh, Maddie, if it was that easy, <laughs> if it was that easy, I would have, I would have, uh, I, I would have driven out to Denver, picked up Sertan and, and brought him back here myself. You know, I would have gone in the car. What is it? Probably a 25-hour drive to Denver from here. I wouldn't have stopped once. Drove the whole way. Picked them up. Drove the whole way back. No complaints. But unfortunately, it would not be that easy, and I don't even know what it would take to give up. It seems like right now the Broncos are letting it be known that Sertan is like the only guy they aren't really looking to get rid of. So that tells me if they were to get rid of him, it would take some serious assets. And uh, like I just said about, you know, the Bills trading for draft capital, I don't know what the assets would be to get rid of to get a certain unless the Bills give up draft capital of their own. And even then, do the Bills pick high enough to entice Denver to move on from Sertan, you know? I don't know. I know this was not the most fun tonight, and I knew it wouldn't be. You know? Kinger ending us out here with one more. He's saying, I hate this. I hate lost hope 47 years. I know. You know, it's like, it's like guys like Jeff, too. And it's like, I'm I'm like, I'm like half into what Jeff's done or what my dad's done. It's nuts. It's nuts. And we keep doing it. You know, it's like, why do we even complain? I mean, it's, I mean, you have to, that's why I love doing this. And I love that you guys came in and I really appreciate y'all. Um, it's like Rich is saying, you know, it's like, not that we are, it's like, not that we want to be miserable, but he's right. Misery loves company. And it's nice to have, to, to hang out with you guys after moments like yesterday. It's nice to have this after yesterday. I can't, I can't lie. It is. Makes me feel way better. 
you know? It doesn't make you feel better about the loss. It just makes you feel better about yourself, I guess, if that makes any sense. Because it's nice to know that you're not the only one who feels this, this uh, emotionally distraught about grown men throwing a pigskin around a, a field. But we are. And that's why the worst thing, like, the worst thing you can ever say to me, honestly, like, I'd rather anybody, like, I'd much rather just get in, my, like, if you want to say something to me, just get in my comments and just say something, like, unleash on me, whatever. That, like, I don't even care. I, I barely look at them to begin with. But the off chance I look at one, and I saw this yesterday, and you comment to me after, you know, 15 minutes after a loss, and you tell me, like, in all seriousness, calm down. It's just a game. It is, I, my blood's boiling right now just thinking about it. I have to, like, actively stop and calm myself down. It, I, it, uh, because my answer to this is, like, if you think that way, one, that's fine. And, you're, like, because you're right. You're right. I'm not sitting here saying you're wrong. You're 100% right. But it's like, you, you, what I hate about that comment is you're trying to tell me that you're above me and you're better than me because you don't care as much about this loss as I do. That's what you're doing in that moment. You're trying to assert some level of intellectual and emotional superiority towards me because you don't really care that the Bills lost. I, listen, for good, bad, or indifferent, it's up to you to decide. I live this stuff. Is that particularly healthy or good or whatever? Probably not. You know, I, I'm fully self-aware of that. You know, it's not like I'm completely delusional about it. I am self-aware as hell about the overall impact of all of this and how much it can it, it it has a stranglehold over my life and whatever i get all that so to 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 be on like to be online with all your bills gear on your on your account and your profile picture and whatnot and to then belittle someone for being emotional about a lot to me that is just it's bush league man it's just fair weather bs because you know what to me if we had lost you'd be on twitter hyping up the victory and this is what i can't stand you'd be on twitter you'd be all stoked about the win talking about this and that but when we lose oh no 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 no, no big deal no big deal you know just a loss get over it whatever can't have it both ways you're either in or you're out you know and you got all the bills, uh, gear and whatever, not all over your Twitter and stuff. And then you're going to, you're going to shit on other fans for being upset about a lot, like upset about the loss. And I get it too. If I was on there bashing and mother effing people and whatever, and I never do, I don't do that. All I said was like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I just think it's, I think it's uh, sad is all. I, 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 I hate that when people try to pretend like they are better than you because they just don't care. There's plenty of these, there's plenty of people who make it seem like they care about this, but they don't, they don't. And that's fine, but don't pretend like you do. You know, 
It's totally fine. You don't have to live and breathe Bill's football. Like, nobody cares if you do or you don't. But don't pretend to and then shit on the people who actually do when they're, not, when they're, when they're having a bad, uh, a bad day. Seems pretty fair to me. Seems like a pretty low-level uh, request is all. I just saw that touchdown in the Vikings game. Holy hell, that was that was nuts. So Cousins is at his own 40. And that ball is... Oh, this is the wrong replay. What is this? The ball looked like it was picked up. Yeah, okay, that was the right. The, the, the Niners, like, picked the ball off. And Addison of the Vikings rips the ball away from the interception. Like it was a sure interception. And Addison rips the ball away and takes it 60 yards to the house. Damn. Man, this is upset alert right here, man. 16 to 7 Vikings. Once again, the only thing we have the only thing we can ever be certain about is that we know nothing at all, right? The only thing we know is we know nothing at all. That's why betting on this stuff is so hard. You just never know. Crazy. All right. Wow. Two fifteen. Yeah. You know how it goes. Usually, the sadder we are, the longer we hang. Like Rich said, misery loves company, but I love you guys. I love having you as my company. Win, lose, or draw. Thanks for coming and hanging out with uh, me tonight, making me feel better. Hopefully, you feel a little bit better too. Quick turnaround. I mean, look at you. Only have out so many, so much uh, time to dwell on this one. Next one's right around the corner. Thursday night football in Buffalo. Bills and the Tampa Bay Bucks. With Al Michaels and uh, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. They have not had a whole lot to get excited about recently, and it's been showing in these broadcasts. Hopefully the Bills give them some uh, blowout material to talk about, and hopefully we're feeling better on Friday than we are feeling today. Like we keep saying, time will tell. I think I'll join you Friday uh, this week. We will still have a smoke break next week, Monday night, uh, as usual, Monday, 7.15 p.m. right here on the BF YouTube channel. But keep it locked on my Twitter. I'm like 99% sure I will do a show Friday because I don't like waiting the whole weekend to talk about that game. It's right after. So Friday, be on the lookout, smoke break right where you're at right now. Then we'll be back again, of course, Monday as well. And uh, we'll do it again. Um, so see you Friday. Enjoy the Thursday nighter. Try and put this one away. I'll do the same. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining as always. Much love and uh, go Bills.